G'day and welcome to the Noob Spiro podcast. Today is episode 53 with none other than Kiwi and Yellowtail Kingfish world record holder Nat Davey. Nat recently shot the Yellowtail Kingfish record at 50.6 kgs, an absolutely massive fish. Nat spends over 200 days a year in the water. He's an ex-commercial fisherman and he knows a thing or two about hunting fish. This is a great episode with some great insights into how to claim world records. So a really good thing to listen to because one day you might just be lucky enough to get that really big fish and you you may just need that knowledge. Uh, He just, he shares some absolutely fantastic tips in spearfishing in general. And uh, we thank Nat for talking with us and it's an absolutely great episode. Now, moving along, just a couple of shout-outs before we get uh, stuck in. I just want to say thanks to Ted Hardy, mate. Some of those picks uh, that you supplied for the book look absolutely fantastic, so thank you very much. And to Jesse Cripps, uh, thank you as well for providing us with a few picks to go in the uh, 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing book. They're looking absolutely fantastic. And if you'd like to follow Jesse and her partner, Michael, they have a little production company called Underwater Ally, and you can support those guys on Patreon. If you go onto YouTube... You can look at look up a few of their videos. Uh, they're over in Tonga. They're shooting some amazing fish. It's absolutely some amazing footage of those guys uh, swimming with sailfish and hunting wahoo, and it's really well narrated, and they're really great videos. And so get on, check those out, support those guys on Patreon, um, love what they're doing. So without further ado, let's get stuck into today's episode with Nat Davey. Big thank you to our sponsor, Adreno Spearfishing Supplies. You can find Adreno in Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne. They are one of the biggest and best spearfishing stores in the world and stock a full range of spearfishing gear, more than you could ever imagine. So check them out in store, or if you prefer to shop online, check them out at spearfishing.com.au and do yourself a favor, at checkout, use the code NOOBSPEARO to save yourself $20 on all purchases over 200 so that is spearfishing.com.au and use the code NoobSpearo at checkout. Guys, today's show is not only brought to you with our partner, spearfishing.com.au, it's brought to you by our brand new ebook available on Amazon. Turbo, what's the thing called again? It's called 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing. Why is it called 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing? Because it's got 99 tips in there to help you get better at spearfishing. I thought you said there was way more than 99. Well, there's 99 official tips, but each tip can be broken down into several tips. So it's like tips and tips and... Oh, it's tips on tips. A multiplication of tips. Oh, mate. Just actionable information. Oh, you can put it straight into action. That's the best thing about it. It should have been called 99 actionable tips to get better at spearfishing. But because we're paying per letter on the cover, we just went with 99 (laughs) tips to get better at spearfishing. All right, guys. Available on Amazon.com. Thanks for joining us today on the Noob Spirit Podcast. So, g'day, Noob Spiro listeners. Today we are joined by Nat Davey. He is a, he's actually the current world record holder for Yellowtail Kingfish, and he has, um, he's actually knocked over a few records in his time in the sport. He's retired now from commercial fishing. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Nat. Welcome to uh, the Noob Spiro podcast. Hey, guys. How's it going? Very well, mate. Why don't, uh, you've been doing this for a while. Why don't you tell us how you got started in the sport and, um, uh, yeah, how and where? Yeah, so I've been diving since I was nine or ten, but um, never really got into the spearfishing side of things. And um, sort of when um, we were sort of when I was commercial fishing, we were visiting some pretty cool places in, in New Zealand. And um, 
it was sort of pretty cool to be able to jump in the water and, and enjoy what we had to what there was. So we um, decided to just get into it and give it a whirl and and um, was lucky enough to, to start on the bigger end, shooting a few kingfish and, and <laughs> getting a few snapper and and uh, and then, yeah, lucky enough to, to meet a lady that was really good at it and um, she sort of pushed me in the right direction and sorted me out with some decent gear and, and it's all gone from there. Yeah, nice. So who, who's your lady and um, where, where, did you, where did you start? Um, so, so my partner's Rochelle Potter. Okay. And um, yeah, she's uh, she's shot a fair, fair few more records than I have. Yeah. And, yeah, and we just we just um, enjoyed diving together, and and uh, yeah, we dive a couple of hundred days a year, and just just love it. So. So Rochelle shot a woman's world record recently. Was that an Ascension? Was that a yellow yellow? yellow uh, yeah. yeah, yellow fin tuna. Yeah, she got one there, ninety-seven point one kilos, and oh. um, she holds the the woman's striped marlin record as well. And. And, wow, and, and the yellowtail kingfish. So she's um, yeah, and there's a few more as well. So she's uh, no, she's very talented at, uh, at what she does. Oh, cool! How big was her yellowtail? Just out of curiosity, uh, forty-eight point eight kilos. <laughs> well, that's not yeah. going to get beaten by a while. It's good. That's, that's nearly yeah. as big as the the open record that would yeah, you have. Well, yeah, mine's still pending at the moment, um, but okay. it's. Um, yeah, it's. I think the fourth biggest yellowtail ever shot in the world. So, wow. um, yeah, it's first woman to shoot one over a hundred pound, and and she yeah. been working on it for a while. But it was um, it was a pretty cool experience being there with her the day she got it. So that's really cool. So, what part of New Zealand did you get started spearfishing in? Were you always up there near the uh, sort of the Auckland area? Uh, no, so we're um, north of north of Auckland, about three hours north of Auckland, up in the Bay of Islands. So I was born and bred there, and. And that's where my um, commercial business is based out of. Um, so pretty much the top half of uh, of New Zealand is is where um, is where I started being in the water, and and um, it's just uh, just sort of um, gone from there. It's a good part of the world um, mm. to be in, by the looks of it. There's um, some some nice fish taken around there, but you you do a fair bit of travelling. We spoke to Noel Cameron earlier, and uh, or a little while ago, and we. We learned that you guys were together over on Ascension Island. Um, sounds like you've done a fair bit of travel. Yeah, yeah, we um, we have. We were lucky enough to be able to go to Ascension, and and um, we had a had a, just a field day over there. Um, but yeah, we've done a lot of the Pacific, and and uh, we we enjoy heading up to Rarotonga each year, and and staying up in Arataki and spend two weeks to a month up there each year, and just shore diving and and just yeah, shooting fish for the locals and. Um, and just enjoying what um, you know what what we can do. So it's uh, it's just a lot of fun. You got started up there, and you started targeting kingfish and snapper pretty early on. What obstacles did you encounter, and how did you overcome them? Um, it's um it's quite hard case with um when it, when I started diving, it was actually I was I was more of a tank diver, and okay. um and actually when you start getting into the free diving side of things, holding your breath, swimming around with a spear gun, um. You know, it's just it's just getting over over that thing where you I used to be able to breathe underwater. <laughs> now, you, now you can't, so your dive's a lot shorter. Um, the and and that, but in some ways that helped as well. You know, you actually learned a lot of different terrain where the fish were when when you're spending that extra time under the water. And um, it's um, it, yeah, it took a while, but uh, but I sort of um, I've got it pretty um, pretty covered now. I think. Yeah. Well, how did you approach that? Um, so, was it just time in the water, or did you it's, go to a free diving course? No, no. So it is it is time in the water. Um, I did go and do a few depth courses, 
um, in Auckland um, through the Auckland Freedive Club and, and um, yeah, pushed myself there and, um, yeah, managed to get down to 50 metres and, and, oh, yeah. and, and back up. Um, <laughs> that was yeah. a bonus. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's um, – and, and just talking to some of the, the better sparrows, you know. Um, so we've got some fantastic sparrows here in New Zealand and, oh, and they yeah. are all um, willing to, to, to lend a bit of advice and – and um, and all of that helps. So you know, it's sort of um, it's nice now that some of the the younger guys come to me and ask me the same sort of things as I was asking um, some of our better sparrows a few years ago. Who, yeah, nice. Who were your mentors? Did you have any mentors when you started? No, not really, because I didn't I, I I didn't sort of hang around the clubs or um, and that's and that. So you know, you I I suppose I got my first lot of gear off Darren Shields and and um, and went from there and and just spent a lot of time in the water and and. Um, and learnt what gear suits me, and and um, and lucky enough to be picked up by a sponsor now, and and yeah, uh, yeah. it's just yeah, it's just pretty cool. So, so Boche is your sponsor, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Boche New Zealand sponsors me, and um, and and my partner Rochelle, and and yeah, we're nice. grateful to them. So yeah, it's cool. We had another guy who sponsored, um, and he came on the show a while ago, Dwayne Herbert, and yeah. uh, he's he's a top man as well. Dwayne's um, our best diver we've got in the country, and yeah. he's yeah, he's he's just phenomenal. He's up here, yeah, in a, in a few days. So we've um, oh, cool. officially he's the best guy we've got in our country as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two years in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, he took out the Aussies this year or last year, yeah. and uh, so yeah. Um, another guy we spoke to earlier, Daniel Burnt. He's a guy from um, San Diego, and he, yes. he was over in New Zealand doing a bit of an adventure. He spoke very highly of you. Yeah, had a no, lot no, of uh, I've, regard I've had a bit, for you. A bit of time for Dan and um, adventure man Dan. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, I never actually got to have a swim with him, but he, um, you know, he, he he just he loves life, and yeah. uh, and and there's not you know there's not many people like him that have just you know thrown it to the wall and just gone out there and just said stuff that I'm going to go and see the world and yeah. do what I enjoy doing and um you know we've got a bit bit in common there about that sort of thing and um no he's a he's a nice dude he he uh he had high regard for you I think he you, you were one of the early ones to reach out to him when he started his spearfishing adventure in New Zealand and he was still very appreciative of it even though you guys didn't get to dive together you 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 helped him out a bit I think so that was pretty cool yeah you so, know I tried to send him in the right direction when he got over here and and that, and yeah, he he shot some some great fish while he was here, and it was oh, a shame yeah. we didn't get to swim together. So yeah, yeah, uh, he had a ball by the sounds of it. No, that's awesome. All right, um, so we've heard a little bit about your challenges and your background. Um, where does so we, we even talked a bit about your motivation, where that came from. I, I mean, let's go to memorable fish. Yeah. So um, maybe one of the most memorable fish you've taken in your spearfishing history. Um, where was that, and what sort of fish was it? You've had a few. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've, I've I've had a few. Um, <laughs> to to be honest with you, like the, the, I've I've been l- lucky to shoot the fish I have. Some of the more memorable moments when I've actually been spearfishing has been the fish that my partner shot with me. Okay. Um, and yeah, you know, like I've I've shot thirty pound snappers and and you know wow. I've shot a, I've first person to shoot a fifty kilo kingfish. It's it's amazing, but when you're actually with somebody else. And they shoot that trophy fish that they've dreamed about for years. That is actually more memorable to me than the than the fish I shoot. So, and um, and I've been lucky enough on, on quite a few occasions to to shoot, yeah, oh, to to be with Rochelle when she's shot her world records. And it's um, the effort you go to is, is pretty um, is pretty full on. So it's um, it's been great. So okay, so when Rochelle shot her big kingfish, what was that day like? Can you um, sort of take us there to? 
the scene of the crime. Yeah, yep. So um, it was. It's it's a it's a it's a well known spot up the Three Kings and and it holds big kingfish. Um, she'd been trying for two days swimming against the current. It's a it's a lot of it's an area where there's a lot of tide. Big yep. big um, big face there and the tide hits it hard. Two to three knots of current and and she um, she'd just been drifting back and forward and and I'd pick her up and drop her off again and then she would um, she'd do it and yeah finally the school of kingfish come in and she shot shot the one she was after and um towed her through a gap and and <laughs> um and yeah i managed to get there get i just just kept beside her the whole time and um passed her a second gun and and uh once she'd loaded that and shot the fish it was um yeah we were we were pretty stoked and uh, um you know it was 26 hour um trip back to the way station for us yeah um and <laughs> um and yeah it was um that was the fish she'd been dreaming of for, for years. She'd come so close to the woman's real record on four occasions, I think, within a kilo. And then to be oh, wow. twelve kilos was um was yeah, yeah, just just crazy. That sounds like the spot I would love to shoot a kingfish over thirty kilo would be good. Well, I don't know. I, when we're going diving, I feel like like real special when you shoot those mowies <laughs> up around two kilos. It's a fish of your life. And I just get pumped yeah. when I see you do it. Just a real it's just a real good. As a dive for, buddy, I just my swear level, with joy. That is a good fish. He's right. Yeah. So just hitting those five meter marks. You guys, you guys will have to come over and we'll uh, we'll show you a bit of New Zealand. Yeah, yeah keen as good. keen as mustard. Love yeah. to do it. Um all right, next section of the show is called hunting techniques. So I mean obviously this is quite a species specific sort of question. Mm. But um what's your favorite hunting technique to use and how do you apply it effectively how would you teach someone else to use it effectively uh, so um you know like in, in new zealand you know your, your, your kingfish are on structure generally okay it's, it doesn't matter if it's a weed line on the sand whatever there's there's nothing i i think that there's a, a lot special about hunting kingfish you're in the right place at the right time when they swim through but our snapper in new zealand you you guys that get the snapper there in aussie too and yeah. when you um when it comes to hunting snapper, there's there's a there's a fair bit of art to it, and the and the best I can advice I can give anybody is just to slow down, and just check the terrain out. You know, you've just got to check over every ledge, you've got to just you've just got to take it real easy, quiet, keep the sun behind you is the best thing, and and um, eventually it'll pay off. Okay, saying so on sun sun behind you. Wouldn't you? So you're casting a shadow. You're trying not to cast a shadow. Is that is that a no, sort of the sun? No, no, no. So you want to keep the sun behind you. Yeah. And so, like, if you're swimming a stretch of coast, go go to go towards the sun before you hop in the water, and then swim that length of coast. So if the fish is looking up, which yeah. they generally are when they're sitting in a gutter or something like that, um, they've got the sun in their eyes looking looking at you. And and yeah, you know, every now and then your shadow will, will fall right on top of them, which may spook them. But nine out of ten times, it's not going to look any different than a piece of weed drifting over top of the rock and back and forward with the with the swell. So, oh, right. nice. so you got this. So you 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 got the sun in their eyes, and then in that fish is down there, straight drop onto them. Yeah, um, the, every fish is different, you know. Like mm. like a lot of our fish that we snoop, um, you you know, you just literally. You're lucky, you know. You're in the right spot at the right time, and and he's right below you. Um, a lot of the time is they'll only be a foot or so below you, so you're just pulling you, stretching your gun out, and and you're um you're shooting them. Nine out of ten times they're asleep or that um and that. But I, I enjoy burling for them too, because you can actually when you when you've got them on a burley, so you find the ledge where where you want to um where you think they're going to be living on a normal day, mm-hmm. and then um set your burley up at the bottom, bunch of kinners or or sea urchins um and you know, I generally set up two or three, 
and then just go back and, and check them each time. That way you actually get to interact with the fish. You, you can actually sit there and watch what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and some days, you know, you'll you'll see half a dozen really big fish and you won't bother shooting one because you're just actually learning what they're doing and how they're interacting with other fish. And, and yeah. um it's not not all the time about shooting them, but it's no, yeah. it's just it's um, just actually watching what they're doing. The more you watch them before you pull the trigger, the actual the more you learn for next time. Yeah, right. You're saying that they're often just a meter below you. Is, are we talking how shallow do you find snapper or? But, well, for the the big the biggest snapper I've, I've shot, fifteen point two kilos. I was mm. in two meters of water when I shot it. It might have been in three. Um, so I just I had a burly set up and and peered over the ledge and it was it was there. Um, and it was unlucky and and I was lucky I was in the right spot (laughs) I'd set the burley up in the right spot but um, a a good depth that we find you know sort of around the 8 to 10 metre mark um, holds a lot of fish Uh, you know I've shot them as deep as 30 they live out to 200 but you know it's Mm. if you Mm. can be in an area where they um, where the food is and and where they're hanging around um, you know you're on the right start so with burley you identify that the age old Kiwi trick of smashing up some kinner on the ground. Um, do you always burly like a ground bait, or do you burly from the surface as well, like fish, fish, or something else? Something else? Um, no, no. So like normally with the with the with the age old uh, kinner burly, um, mm. sometimes you'll see a gut. Well, you'll know where a gut is because you've swum that bit of coast before that generally holds good fish. And um, yeah, I've I've found you can just grab 10, 10 or so kinners and lob them in the air over into that gut give it a couple of minutes and then go and check it out. And it sort of brought all the other snapper that might have been in the gut that you might have spooked. Um, mm. And that, well, they're actually all there having a feed and they don't even know you're there when you go and peer over and you can yeah. pick the biggest one or, or the one you want to shoot. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, that was a really good yeah, um, spearfishing really hunting technique section. I really enjoyed that. That was um, some good insights. Our next part of the show is called Toughest Situations. So, you know, I imagine in, with your years on the ocean, you've had some scary things happen to you. What what sort of, uh, what, what transpired and what would you possibly do different or what did you learn from the situation that you'd maybe do differently next time? Um, I suppose... The the the, 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 t- the toughest ones is is getting over your own fears. You know, we've all sat there and watched Jaws, and and you <laughs> and you and you and you always think, you know, one day you're going to see see a, a great white, and when it does happen, you um you know you actually have to push yourself through it, and and uh, and that, and the first one that I got to see, um, the we were actually filming a TV program, and um, the boat had gone and anchored out about a kilometre from where I was, and. I bumped into it a long way from from the boat, and um, it sort of took a while to actually to calm myself down to 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 start to swim back to the boat, and and that, and then happened to bump into it again when when we're at the boat. Um, it was I'd been filming for a few hours already, and and uh, the batteries had gone flat, so I didn't get the footage that that we were so desperately wanting. But um, you know, to do Murphy's that, to to, to to see it twice, and and um, and to give it a good prod, it. Um, that and yeah but so the second one i i saw i was actually a lot more calmer and it had, um it, it made things a bit easier and i got to actually enjoy the situation a lot more and um got the, the pleasure of swimming with a big female for 10 minutes um a couple of months ago oh nice oh wow uh, whereabouts was that oh, that one was at the three kings the, the second one the first one oh, okay. down, down at east cape at yeah, new zealand there we talked to a few people in Kiwi spearfishing lately, and it sounds like you guys are seeing more great whites um, now than you than than in previous years. Is is that your kind of uh, conception? Yeah, yeah. So like um, with being a, um, an ex-commercial fisherman, um, 
we we caught quite a few in our earlier days um and um yeah we've got a few trophies um now <laughs> with, with not being able to take them um there is more and more out there and um and and not just so much the great whites there's actually a lot more sharks around in new zealand these days and um you know we can see them here swimming swimming along the beach from home on most days um but yeah the the great whites are, are definitely starting to increase and be it all, all over the world from what i'm understanding so mm-hmm. we're um we're we're just quite lucky over here that um Obviously, kiwis taste pretty bad because we don't get eaten like the Aussies do. It's only surfers they like, though, yeah. by, the, by the looks of it. Although that bull shark with the bloke the other day looked pretty interesting, but the bull shark looked pretty poor, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, what are some of your other insights from commercial fishing um, over the years, observation-wise, and particularly in New Zealand fishing? Um, what, have you, what, what are some of the big changes you've seen over the years to the ocean environment in general? Um, so it's, it's quite interesting when I got into the, um, into the commercial fishing 20 years ago, um, the, the, the easiest one to talk about is the sharks, for instance. Um, Mm, you know, there was a huge market in the finning side of things, um, and the, the sharks got decimated. Um, and, but they, you know, they were worth money. It was, it was brought into quota you know, we, we, we as a as a group as as commercial fishermen thought it was going to be sustainable. Um, our our biggest airline in New Zealand said we're not going to take fins anymore once it all got a bit political with Greenpeace and and that and um, so now the sharks don't get killed and within five years they have just skyrocketed um, and that where you know some of some of the other other parts of the the, the fishery in New Zealand have have taken um, big knocks mm. and. Um, to be honest with you, it's not not just all the commercial fishermen. So we've got we've got a lot of recreational guys out there these days, and and mm. I've killed more fish than um, the most countries would have killed. But it's <laughs> um, it's yeah, we've all got to take a bit of blame for it, and uh, yeah. um, that's why I enjoy now being able to go and hop in the water and watch the fish and take one for a feed or a couple for a feed, and and um, and sit there and film the rest, and and um, that's sort of the the next the next part in um, in my journey really. So would you would you call yourself a trophy hunter now, or would you just call yourself a far more selective spear fisherman? No, I'm a I'm a far more selective spear fisherman. Um, if, if I was a pure trophy hunter, I would I would be travelling the world chasing the records. Um, yeah. You know the 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 luxury that I have is that I spend a lot of time in the water. Um, you know, up to 200 days a year, and um, you bump into the right fish at the right time every now and then, you know, and just and, and you get lucky. Um, the minute you put you put that effort into trophy hunting, it can take a lot of fun out of it, especially if you don't get the fish you're after. Um, yeah. So so we we enjoy the holiday. We enjoy the you know checking out the new ground, the new area, and and um, and if the trophy comes along, it's it's fantastic. If it doesn't. That's part of the experience as well, and and it definitely doesn't um, um, deteriorate from the from that that whole experience. So, yeah, cool. So you like having a good time with the people you're travelling with as well. By the sounds of it, um, the, some of the other guests we've had uh, have known you and, and dived with you as well. So yeah, I, I think that's that's part of it. Eh? you can if you can enjoy the people you're with and the experience for what it is, without regardless of whether you get fish or not. So it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Like, I I enjoy watching other guys shooting fish now, and and we've actually got a um a bunch of Aussies here at the moment getting ready for our nationals. And took um took some couple of juniors out the other day, and one of the young fellows shot his first snapper, and it was a oh, nice. whisker under twenty pound, and and he oh. was just 
you know, sort of a sort of um, you sort of set the bar a bit high now. It's all downhill. <laughs> but, um, but but just the, the elation on on um, on their face was pretty cool. Guys, if you're looking to improve your freediving and spearfishing, a good set of fins is pretty much mandatory. And the best fins going, in our opinion, are the Penetrator fins. So get online, get on to penetratorfins.com and check out the full range there of composites and carbon fiber fins. Composites are tough as nails, they're a fantastic fin, and the carbon fibers are the most reactive fin going. We absolutely love them. Can't kill them either, had them for years, they're still going strong. And the best thing about this is, now we have a code for you guys. So if you pump in Noob Spiro at checkout, you'll save yourself $20 on a set of these great fins. Add to that, we, we now can offer you $25 flat rate shipping internationally. That is absolutely fantastic and a full international warranty from penetratorfins.com. So there's no reason not to get in and get yourself one of the most important pieces of spearfishing equipment. That is a good set of carbon or composite blades. So get in there now, check out all the great designs and get yourself a set of penetrator blades. Next part of the show is called Veterans Vault, and I've kind of organised it with you, but we wanted to talk about um, claiming world records or claiming your national records, the sort of the process behind that, and because uh, you, you, you've you just you've got a pending world record in for the yellowtail kingfish over 50 kilos. Um, I just wanted to walk through some of the some of the errors that people make when they try to claim records and sort of your 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 um you, you shared some interesting insights with us before the show i'd like to sort of capture that in the section so what records have you claimed and sort of what have you learned along the way okay so i was my my, my first world record claim was a striped marlin um 138 kilos um <laughs> and we we had a few world records on that uh that one um that one trip so we um we got to learn really quickly about the right way to do things. So, so my partner had a world record, and and our friend shot the first striped marlin with a with a pole spear. So, um, <laughs> we when we got back in and 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 that we had all the rules with us, and that's the most important thing. Like just download the rules, right? Read through them, and with the, the rules are black and white. You know, you 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 can't cheat them. There's no yep. point cheating them. All you're doing is cheating yourself, and you're cheating someone else that actually held the record mm. before you. So, um, so, so once you know the rules, you, um, you know, you just you just stick by them and and um, and 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 yeah, and do do what it says. You know, when it says take this measurement, you take that measurement, and and it, uh, it it's all pretty self-explanatory, really. Okay. So with your with your with your pending kingfish record, yep. just walk us through. I know we've said to download the rules, but even just practically, what measurements did you take on that fish? How did you? And you said you went to a certified weighmaster. Um, how how did that process work? So you got back to shore in the boat. Was that fish on ice? Ah, uh, yep. So that, that that fish was on ice. Um, so I'd shot it the, um, on New Year's Eve, and um, we waited in on the evening of the the first, and. Um, the the thing is with with world records, national records, you only have to go, you only have to weigh them in on a set of certified scales. It's it's pretty it's pretty simple, um, but to to do things the best you possibly can to make make it easier for the guys guys that are going to judge your fish, go to a certified weighmaster. Um, okay, we're we're lucky here in New Zealand, um, the top half of the North Island. Every fifty kilometres down the coast has a game fish club, or um, and that where you can just go and weigh the fish. And the guys are trained; they sign their name to it, um, and 
you know, they know exactly what they're doing as well for records. So, um, so yeah, so anyway, we got back in, um, took the fish to the Doubtless Base or um, Game Fish Club. We weighed it in there on their certified scales. We, we realised that it was a record. Um, knew what knew what the record was, and we took all the measurements. So you've got to take a, a length measurement of the fish to the V of the tail plus okay. the overall length. Um, so if you draw a straight line between the, the two tips of the, t- the tail fins, um, then you take a girth measurement ar- um, around the widest point. Okay. So then that way there is um, a mathematical conversion factor there that, that they can apply to actually get a rough estimate as well. Um, okay. you know, not, not every fish is the same, so it doesn't always work out, but um, 9 out of 10 or 99 out of 100, it's, it's going to be pretty accurate. So that's the most important thing. And get clear photos. Okay. okay, so don't just take one because you think you're happy with it. Take twenty <laughs> and, um, and and sort through them at the end of the day, because yeah. if you don't have the clear photos, um, it can uh, it, it can make things um a bit tricky. Okay, cool. I've seen uh, you wrote a couple of um, articles for uh, International Spearfishing International Magazine. Is that right? Spearfishing um, and Freediving News, the IFSN magazine. Um, I didn't write them, but um, oh. but I know um, my partner Rochelle did, and, and a friend James Young, who does a lot of diving with us. He's he's written quite a few articles, and um, and yeah, they uh, they've um, they've had a fair bit of um, mileage. Yeah, yeah, I've, I, I saw a few recently. Unfortunately, IFSN has now closed the doors, but uh, I remember reading a couple of articles about some of you guys' trips. So. Just uh, just with the the record measurements, we spoke earlier with. Uh, uh, who was the governing body? What is their name? IUSA. Um, uh, now, you can gut the fish, is that right? But you've got to keep the contents in a bag and with the fish? Um, well, you don't You don't actually need to. Once you've taken the measurements yeah. um, and you, and the fish has been weighed on certified scales, you can do what you want with the fish. Okay. Oh, okay? Awesome. So every country has, for their own um, national records and that sort of stuff, if the fish needs to be checked. We're here in New Zealand. Um, we weigh our fish in with a certified weighmaster um, or on certified scales. We take all the measurements they ask, which is actually more than what IUSA asks for, and then we have to keep the fish until a referee looks at it. So, so in reality, you know, it's they're, they're taking the weighmaster, who's a qualified person's. You know, they're not they're not they're not giving him the benefit of the doubt that that he's done his job properly. Yeah. Yep. And so we get another guy come and take measurements, and and that, and then we can do what we want with the fish but in some cases we've had fish that have gone to waste because we haven't had a way like they've sat in the freezer for two months before we've actually had a referee look at them yeah. um, mm. and then then you know they're only good for smoking or um, cat food so that that kingfish have you eaten it ah uh, yes we have yeah how, yep. how did so it go it was fantastic so we got yeah. some smoked and and had some sashimi and and um and the neighborhood had a fair bit of it too so <laughs> um which which was even better I love a good kingy, but uh, it's not popular everywhere. Sashimi, it goes very well. Um, what's your go-to sashimi kit in the boat? How do you you, uh, you have soy and what do you what do you keep wasabi on or? Yep. So it so, so it's just simple, mate. Just um, cut it finely. So, yep. so so get your fish. Like you, you stand a kingfish, you're out for a day. Get your fish, bleed it, gill and gut it. Look after it best. Put it on ice. Do you what you want it to set before you um before you cut it, and then um, fillet it, skin it finely slice it and then just wasabi and, and soy and you can't go wrong. All right, that, that sounds good. I'm, I'm keen just to come over for some sashimi. <laughs> uh, don't, I don't mind my tucker. So, all right, um, anything else with records, Turbo? Um, no, that's it from me. Any other parting bit of guidance for people wanting to target some records, Snap? 
Um, yeah, mate. Just as I'll go over it again. Read the rules and yeah. um, and you know have that in your kit. You know, it's it's simple. You know, you get you can get the rules laminated if you're just not sure. You know, you're out there having fun with your mates, and your mate might have heard another story about what mm. a record. You know, how to claim a record. But if you've got them laminated, stuck in your um, in your gear kit, um, there's only a couple of pages of the of the of the um, the rules. Just 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 go that way. And as I said, take lots of photos. So because right. that's cool. your memory at the end of the day. Okay, let's change gears. We've got uh, the next part of the show is the funniest thing. What's the funniest thing you've experienced out spearfishing? Now, keep in mind, we've had a lot of poo stories on the show. We've had turtles humping people. Oh, yeah. So we, our audience are used to a, a pretty graphic it? sort of story. Oh, yeah. yeah, fire away. Okay, so um, the my, my most funny one would be we took a, um, a mate out to take photos of striped marlin. Um, at a place called the Wanganella Banks. So it's 300 odd miles off the coast of New Zealand. Um, and his dream was to take a photo of, of marlin. Anyway, we, um, we happened to be going along and, and we found some, um, some minke whales and we jumped in and had a, had a swim with them. And, and one of the other guys on the boat decided he was going to take a dump over the side. <laughs> um, did it, did his business and, and that we were swimming back to the boat. And uh, and my partner, she yells out to, to our mate Mazdak, Mazdak, come and look at this. There's some shitfish. There's some brown ones. There's some white ones. There's some brown and white ones. And so he's got his big camera with a big dome port on it, and he's racing along looking through the viewfinder trying to find these shitfish 300 miles out to sea and 2,000 metres of water. And um, and anyway, the two guys on the boat, they, they sort of clicked on what was going on, and, and he's looking around, and all of a sudden he gets into the – the um the the mess that was left over and realizes and he's horrified and he's just taking photos of all this crap and 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 shit on the toilet paper and everything and also he realizes and one of the guys yells out Mazdak what's that on your head and, and um, he had nothing. But um, it was just a joke, and he's there flailing around in the water, <laughs> trying to get rid of it. And, and uh, it was it was a funny experience to be having 300 miles off the coast of New Zealand, yeah. and uh, yeah. and yeah, and inky blue water and 2,000 meters of water. We had a had a chuckle over it every time we got back in the water for the next few days. Good stuff. All right, so dive bag. What's in your dive bag? Diving around your way this time of year what are you sort of wearing head to toe and what's your go-to equipment okay mate so um at the moment we've got a really cold spell over here in new zealand water temperature wise we should be in the 20s and we're only in the in the sort of early 17s um and um so we're still in five mil suits um right now um and yeah five mil booties and three mil gloves it's yeah it's it's the it would be more pleasant in the winter, because at least we'd have good viz, but yeah, the viz is <laughs> crap at the moment too. So, um, and and the fish are a bit slow coming in on the coast. But um, yeah, no, running running the the good the good warm gear at this time of the year still, and and um, and yeah, swimming around with a slightly bigger gun than what you would uh, what you'd normally have, just because the fish that are coming in are the bigger ones still at the moment. So before oh, the okay. school school fish turn up. Oh, yeah, right. So what gun are you running? Uh, at the moment, I'm running a um, Boche one one five carbon gun um customized put a, a um, mbd roller head on it oh, yeah. and oh, nice. uh, and so yeah so i enjoy the roller heads so you just you, you know you can have a, a one 1.1 meter gun and the marlin swims through and you comfortably shoot it so um or a 40 kilo king you you've got no problems but then you can go down and shoot a trevally for tea so yeah uh, it's um it's, it's very versatile gun and and um and packs heaps of punch 
I'm running something similar. Are you running a seven mil shaft and no, on a single roller head? No, I'm running a seven and a half. So, yeah. um, and pre-tensioned to about three hundred and fifty. Oh, when it when it's um, fully loaded, it's it's uh, about three hundred and fifty percent stretch in the rubbers. So you want something with a little bit more grunt because it's uh, a bit more weight behind it because you get the whip action when you pull the trigger. Yeah. Uh, and that eight mil shafts. Um, we run in some of our slightly bigger guns that are that are really grunted up with 19 mil rubbers and 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 then our big big gear is um um I got a 140 double roller that oh. I, custom, I made myself um oh. running 19 mil rubbers on it 10 mil shaft and um yeah that thing would punch through side a of whale a yeah no we'll say side of a boat eh whale, whale, <laughs> whale shooting whales gets frowned upon over here <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah bad analogy maybe yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's all good. Any other sort of notable modifications you've made to equipment that you think maybe other people would be interested to learn about? Yeah, so like I um I actually make all my own gear, um all my own terminal tackle, all the way down to the to your little bungee that that's um connected to the end of your gun to to pre tension your um your line. I run all Dyneema on on my gear. I don't run any um any nylon. Um, you just you just never want that day when you when you haven't checked it properly and and yep. you, it breaks where it's going through your shaft or you get a big um, big kingfish get you in the bottom and, and just snaps that 400-pound uh, mono off really easy. Mm. So um, my my hard lines, I make it all myself. I know exactly what's inside it. Um, I know how the knots are tied and, and that. We've we've had a few mishaps where gear's gone, um, gone west and good quality gear too. You know, you've paid a lot of money for it. So now we just make all our own gear up and, um, yeah, at the end of the day, you just got to, um, you know, trust your gear. Yeah, a lot of guys, like we've talked to a few guys that shoot really big fish and a couple of the points that have come through have been removing points of failure and any sort of points of weakness on your gear. It sounds like you go through that with a fine-tooth comb to try and make sure you've done that. I, Me personally, I'm not much of a gear dude. I love to just kind of <laughs> just get in and get amongst it. But um, if I had a bit more time, I might muck around, but it's not something that super interests me. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I just really have to does. make sure I've got someone good who's got my back. He'll do it for me. So, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, end up, I end up handing my roller gun over to him. Quite and naturally. I shoot the rocks with it and it's, look after him. So it's all give good. him a nice oh. stainless steel shaft. He's the best at destroying one of those. The best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roller yeah. guns are really good at it too. Yeah, oh, they are. Especially when you're not used to the range. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, even when you're right on the bottom and you're shooting laterally, like um, it just seems like rocks just want to leap oh. out and just jump in front of you. Daily, make sure you heat far away from the rocks. Okay, comes up, bang, <laughs> stuff spear. Shot a rock. <laughs> Shot a rock, Dad. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Anything else for gear? Sounds like you're pretty into your gear. What fins are you running? Um, so I'm running um, Boche um, composite fins, um, and they're yeah, they're they're really good. I've been through four sets of blades in the last three years of di- of different sorts of fins, and I finally found a good fin now that's um, that's yeah, handling the um, the pace that I'm putting them through. Um, <laughs> you know, with with my diving, it's what an average guy would do in three or four years. So um so if they get yep. three or four years out of a set of fins or five years out of a set of fins, you know, they're they're very happy. But um mm. it's just having the that that good gear, you know, like mm. you've got to pay a little bit more for it. Um as I said, I'm lucky I get um I get my gear supplied. But um with you know, the the, the new guy starting out, there's nothing worse than going out there and something going wrong with your gear because you haven't, you know, you've, you'd, in the end you spend twice as much money because you have to go and buy the, the better gear the second time. So, yeah. so just, um, just yeah, 
it's it's the same with guns. It's the same with your fins. Same with your mask. You know, um, even right down to your snorkel. There's there's I've had guys that have destroyed snorkels in two or three days where they've um, chewed the ends off. You know, they get too excited and, and <laughs> chew on the end of your snorkel. So you get a good silicon snorkel and you're um, you, you you know you're fine for a few years. Today Nat spoke about Bosha gear or Bosha gear or Bosha gear. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I've never been sure of that one. But uh, if you're interested in any of that equipment, head to spearfishing.com.au. It's our principal sponsor, Adreno Spearfishing Supplies, and they have the full range of Bosha gear there. So go on and check them out. And don't forget to use the code NoobSpear at checkout. All purchases over 200, you'll save yourself 20 bucks. Happy days. If you're new to spearfishing, I highly recommend listening to our episode Freediving for Spearfishing with Pete Ryder. Pete uh, is an entrepreneur and an excellent freedive instructor, and he has come up with two great courses, the 10-meter freediver and the 5-minute freediver. I've used the 5-minute freediver to increase my bottom time, found it incredibly useful for my trip to the Coral Sea, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. His other course, the 10-meter freediver, is a great resource for those just starting out that literally want to get to 10 meters, and this course will help you learn proper breathing technique and some of the safety aspects associated with freediving. Use the code NoobSpiro to save 20% on all of Pete's courses. He's put together this deal just for listeners of the show. That's at howtofreedive.com. Use the code NoobSpiro. Next part of the show, Spiro Q&A. This is more of like a faster pace sort of round of questions. But um, we'll start with this. Who's, who has been the most influential person or people in your spearfishing and why? I'd say in my spearfishing would be my partner, Rochelle. So, um, you know, she'd been doing it for a few years before I met her and um, she had the passion and the drive and, and the knowledge. She was a freedive um, instructor, um, qualified freedive instructor in New Zealand here and, and um, those few little tips about breathing up and, and holding your breath and, and uh, taking your time sort of has, has paid off. Cool. All right. Um, if you had to start all over again, what would you do differently? I'd start earlier. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So start starting spearfishing at 35 is um is yeah it's sort of um I, I, from from other fish that I'd seen when I was diving when I was 15. Um, yeah. You know, I, I wish that I that I'd started earlier, and that's what I'm you know I'm trying to get the younger guys into it now to to come out and enjoy it. Hey, do you reckon you'd seen a few records in your early days when you weren't a spearo? Um, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, yeah. don't know, mate. Yeah, they were big. They were big fish. But if they yeah. were records, it's a it's a, it's another story. And it was cool seeing them. But yeah. um, you know, it would have been really cool putting a shaft on them too. But <laughs> but hey, you know, they, they're, they're the memories that live with you forever. Yeah. So during during your time spearfishing, what's the single biggest lesson you've learned? Um, swim with your eyes open. Because um, if you swim around, breathe it like, especially for me, if I'm breathing up with my eyes closed, you generally someone goes, "Oh, did you see that fish swim through?" Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. But um, yeah, um, swim with the eyes open and, and take your time, eh? So if you're relaxed, the fish are relaxed. So that's you know, a lot of the time it's hard to be not excited, but uh, when you when you're excited, the the fish pick up on that too. Okay, I don't know if you're going to have an answer for this, but uh, it sounds like you dive 200 days a year. You're physically fit and healthy. You're your spouse spearfishes. You're a man of leisure, but uh, what, <laughs> if you've got a current challenge, what is it, and how are you approaching it? Um, my, my, my current challenge is, is pretty much just just enjoying it. Still, you know, like I, I'm, I'm definitely still enjoying. It, don't get me wrong, but 
um, you're just trying to find that next next challenge. And as I said earlier on, if you actually put those little challenges out there and it doesn't succeed, you you feel like you've failed. So, you know, you've still just got to keep getting out there and having fun. And um, the more fun you have, the, the, the better your day is. So you've just got to keep telling yourself that, you know, if you go out to set yourself a goal in the morning and it doesn't work, well, Be- you know, you can, feel, you, you can feel robbed. So, yeah. All right. Last question. Um, so you've got a new guy or maybe a guy who's He's in his first couple of years spearfishing. He's starting to go all right. What would be your sort of one to three pieces of advice for for, for most spearos sort of in that range? Um, get 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 in with the with the with the good guys, mate. Because it's it's like most sports. Um, the good guys are willing to talk to you. So yeah. you know you you might be a bit um, nervous um, in that, but if you don't just get out there and ask for something. It's hard these days to, to get it given to you. So, so just go and go and talk to them. You know, go, put, you, you hear their names, you you know who they are. You see them on Facebook everywhere. You know what they look <laughs> like. There's no point whispering behind their backs and oh, you know that's such and such. Um, yeah. You know, just get out there and ask ask them the questions. Yeah. And 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 that then when they when they have told you, think think about it. You know, and and go over it. And then when yep. you do do get in the water. Apply it. Hmm. So, because there was no point asking them in the first place if you're not actually going to listen and, and do do what they said, because they will, I will, everybody you talk to is going to give you one bit of advice that will will help you. Yeah, good advice. Okay, cool. Yeah, I really like that. That's good. All right. Um. So we'll we'll, we'll link some things up in the show notes for you if you like. Nat, can people find you anywhere? Yep. Um. So we have a um on Facebook. We're um we're the Adventure Club. Okay. So is our uh, is our little uh, little page, um, and that'll link you to our YouTube videos and um, and that. Um, so we put videos up there, but but on um, on YouTube with the Adventure Club as well. So it's uh, right. we've, got, we've got plenty of plenty of videos there for people to look at, and um, we do as much filming now as what we do di- um, spearfishing. So you know you people pick up quite a bit from some of our videos, and it's it's not all about spearfishing. It's it's getting out there and just just enjoying what what the world has to offer yeah cool all right i'm gonna make a new zealand trip i will definitely look you up at some time in the future nat and uh i've had a fantastic time talking with you today man cool cool well no as i said if either of you guys are in in new zealand it's uh flights are bloody cheap we've got heaps of beds you can see the water out the window yeah. um, and um, about the biggest problem here is the waves might keep you awake at night, but um, <laughs> but, but, but come over, mate, because we, we enjoy diving and, and enjoy being in the water and and um, if we can shoot you a fish, uh, you know, you, you put you onto a fish there that you've uh, you've dreamed of, that's, yeah. what, uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah, cool, man. I cool. really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today, awesome. Nat. Awesome chatting with you. Cool. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Noob Spiro podcast with Kiwi Nat Davey. He's an absolute wealth of knowledge. We hope you got something out of it. We certainly did. And uh, big thanks to him for talking with us here at the Noob Spiro podcast. And our next episode is 54, I believe. And uh, that is with none other than Jeremy Gamble, the owner of Spearing Magazine. So Jeremy brings you that publication five times a year. Uh, it's an absolute cracking magazine, and we are fortunate enough to have him as a sponsor on the show as of this upcoming episode. So very, very exciting stuff. Now, Jeremy, uh, so apologies now, but Jeremy is a huge fan, apparently, 
of the old episodes. So we're doing a retro episode and we're bringing back uh, Pirate Pete. He's back for all of you that loved Pirate Pete or hated him. Tough luck, he's back next week. And so is our amigo, our Fast Five Facts soundbite with the uh, Mexican on the gun thing. It's just genius, so enjoy that as well. And we're even going to do the old intro. So uh, for those of you that love the old episodes, you are in for an absolute treat. All right. Apart from that, get onto Patreon, check out Underwater Ally and uh, Ted Hardy to Immersion Diving. Thanks again to you guys for helping out and to everybody that um, submitted picks uh, for, the, for the book. So thank you very, very much to all of you guys uh, that have submitted picks of the book. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next fortnight with our Jeremy Gamble episode. If you're in need of some new equipment, maybe a new gun, some fins or anything else you can think of, check out spearfishing.com.au. That's the online store for Adreno. They have got a huge range of gear, anything you could ever think of. And not only that, if you use the code NoobSpiro at checkout, so go to checkout, it'll say enter code, put in NoobSpiro and you'll save yourself $20 on all purchases over 200 So do yourself a favour, get on to spearfishing.com.au, save yourself some money and get some great gear. Thanks for listening to today's episode. It was an absolute cracker. I thought I was exceptional. Shrek, you, you're okay. So <laughs> if you would like to connect with us further, get on to noobspiro.com and check out our email newsletter. It comes out once a month. It's full of the happenings and goings on around the place and some great deals on there from our sponsor, Adreno. Now, further than that, if you are a fan, need a new shirt or even just a grease rag, check out Noob Spiro's new line of shirts. Uh, so that's in our store there. And Shrek, what can they do if they want to become truly a master of spearfishing? Yeah, look, Noob Spiro podcast is always about helping people to become better Spiros. And we have condensed and combined some of that information along with our own experience into an ebook that you can find on Amazon.com. It's called 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing, the actionable information you need to improve your spearfishing. Also, guys, quick request, uh, wherever you listen to the show, leave us a review. It helps other people find the show, and uh, it's always good to be chatting with you. Looking forward to getting in your ears again in another fortnight. Thanks for listening, guys, and hope you nail a big one.